0: Welcome back, quick brain. We are back with best selling author Simon Sinek. And last time we talked about living with the infinite mind. In this episode, we're going to talk about leadership because for me, when I think about leadership, I think about you and your amazing body of work. And Thank I want you. to ask you this question How do you lead with the infinite mind? Last episode, and I highly recommend people listen to that as a base. We talked about the five practices, so we, can we go deeper into the five practices and how they apply towards leadership?
1: Absolutely. Um, so what I've learned is that the leaders that lead with an infinite mindset, in other words, they lead um, to advance something rather than simply just- Achieve. Achieve, yeah. Um, there's there's five things. They, they, As I said, they work to just advance call. a just cause, uh, build trusting teams, uh, study their worthy rivals, um, uh, have a capacity for existential Flexibility, mm-hmm. and they have the courage to lead. So, uh, a just cause is a cause so just we would be willing to sacrifice in order to advance it. Um, usually, when there's a goal, you know, that's not really a just cause. I mean, I think you know, people aren't willing to necessarily sacrifice, you know, their interests simply to make a goal. Um, a just cause. Um, can be a vision so grand that we would willingly commit our effort, our energies in
0: order to, to advance towards it. How does um, that relate to start with why? How does that relate to purpose?
1: So I get this question a lot, like what's the difference between why and just cause? So why comes from the past. Okay. It is the sum total of how we were raised, the lessons we learned, it's who we are. We all only have one why and it's, it doesn't change, it's completely fixed. You are who you mm-hmm. are and your life is an opportunity to live in balance, to be authentic. Mm-hmm. With who you truly are. That's what the why is. It comes from the past. It is objective. Um, the just cause is about the future. It's about articulating a vision of an unknown future. It's about where we're going, not where we come from. The why is where we come from. The just cause is where we're going. The why is the foundation of who we are and what we do. The just cause gives our work and our life meaning. Mm. Um, it, it's the context. Um, the, whereas the why is objective, the just cause is subjective. You can, it can be whatever you want. I think a lot of uh, people, especially young entrepreneurs, put a huge amount of pressure on, on themselves to what's your vision, what's your vision, what's your just cause. And the reality is, it's such a small percentage of our population, you know, a couple percent uh, of, of people vision. who are truly visionaries, that people have true vision of a future state that does not yet exist. It's your Elon Musk's, your Richard Branson's, your, your Steve Jobs's, the people we write all the books about. You know? mm-hmm. They're visionaries. Um, And I think we hold ourselves to an unfair standard to try and be like them. What's my vision? So I think it's an unfair standard to say, come up with a vision. However, it is totally legitimate to tell people to find a vision. So if a visionary has articulated a vision that you believe in, then you can commit your life, your business, your effort to help advance towards that vision. It can be religious, it can be business, it can be personal. You may hear a vision... Uh, we talked about Martin Luther King had a vision. You can make his vision your own. Mm-hmm. It, is now my, it is now my vision. So if there's a vision out there of a leader that you admire and love, the question is how do you commit your energy, your company to advance that vision? So you don't have to come up with a vision, but you do have to find a vision. Um, and when I talk about sacrificing in order to advance that just cause, um, it could mean turning down a better paying job in order to stay here. It could mean working late hours or going on frequent business trips, which I don't like, but it feels worth it. It feels like I'm, this work that I'm doing has, has, has greater meaning. And I may not like every day at work, but I do get to love every day at work because I feel like my work matters. This is what a just cause provides. It gives our, our work, um, uh, it gives our work in our lives meaning beyond the products we sell and the money we make.
0: Hmm. And then the uh, second practice?
1: The second practice is a building trusting teams. Um, as human beings, we are junk by ourselves. We're just not that smart, and we're just not that strong. But in teams, we're remarkable. Um, we can solve incredible problems and lift huge weights when we work together. So building trusting teams is the commitment of a leader. And by leader, I don't mean the person in charge though that's good too, but I mean the person who takes responsibility for the people around them. You don't need uh, a, a leadership position to be a leader. Or title. You don't need a title to be a leader. In fact, they have nothing to do each other. Mm-hmm. One is formal authority, the other one is the commitment to see those around us rise. It's nice when they're in the same, in the same person, they don't have to be. So uh, building trusting teams is about taking responsibility to create an environment in which trust can thrive. What does that mean? It means that we work in an environment where people feel safe, to be vulnerable, safe to express weakness, which means uh, we all know what it feels like. We've all been there. We all know what it feels like to be on a team where we can raise our hands and say, I made a mistake or I'm struggling at home and it's affecting my work or I don't understand the job you've asked me to do and I need somebody to explain it to me or I need more training or I'm scared or I need help Hmm. without any fear of humiliation or retribution. In fact, We feel confident enough to say these things to express this weakness with the absolute confidence that our boss or our colleagues will rush rush in to support us.
0: And you wrote about this in Leaders E last.
1: I wrote about it in both books, yeah. Um, And if we don't have uh, trusting teams, if we don't work on a trusting team, then we're showing up to work every day lying, hiding, and faking. We're hiding mistakes for fear that they'll Mm -hmm. put us at risk for the next round of layoffs or something. Um, we're not going to ever admit that we don't know what we're doing or we don't know how something works, uh, for fear of being humiliated, uh, and we don't ask for help. And it works for a while, but eventually those things, all those cracks, build up, and they they take their toll in an organization, and indeed they take their their toll in our lives. So taking the responsibility to build trusting teams is an absolute essential part of playing with an infinite mindset, because it means that that we're not the sole person responsible for advancing the just cause. There's a whole team committed to this. And we can take care of each other. And when we all retire and die, there's a whole new generation that we've been looking after that's going to take over for us. Essential. Absolutely essential in the infinite game. Uh, worthy rival. Um, you know, it's funny. There's another guy who does what we do. And and I just... I'm, like, super competitive with him. Like, I totally hate him, you know? And uh, he's never. he's always been very nice to me. Mm-hmm. I, I just... I just, I don't know what it is. And when I, when I compare book rankings, I only compare his. I don't look at anybody else's, right? If he's ahead, I get angry. And if I'm ahead, I'm like smug, you know? We had an opportunity to speak on the same stage together. I don't mean like him in the morning, me in the afternoon. I mean, we were interviewed together at the same time. And uh, the interviewer thought it would be fun if we introduced each other. So I went first. And I turned to him on the stage and and I said, uh, you make me really insecure. I said, uh, all of your strengths are all of my weaknesses and when your name comes up, I get really uncomfortable. And he looked at me and he said, funny, I feel the same about you. So the reason I had such a competitive energy Mm. with him, the reason I wanted to beat him, is, had nothing to do with him. It had to do with me. Right. It's because his strengths revealed to me my weaknesses. And it was so much easier for me to take all of that uncomfortable energy and direct it at him rather than take a hard look at myself and say, I got some work to do. It was a hugely cathartic experience to, to have that uh, conversation. I've never checked, compared our book rankings since. Mm. Um, I actually don't compare my book rankings to anybody since that. Um, at, we've become very close friends and really supportive of each other's work. Uh, and I recognize that um, we're much more powerful working as a team because we actually care about advancing the same cause, and um, it's allowed me to take a hard look at my weaknesses and work to become a better version of myself rather than just try and undermine and beat him. Um, So this concept of worthy rivalry, and you can have worthy rivals as an organization. Who are the other organizations that do a better job than you do? Maybe they have better leaders or better marketing or their, their products are better. To reflect back to you where you can improve or you can have individuals it's i think it's very dangerous inside organizations where leaders think it's smart to create internal competition No, no 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 because then we're going to undermine each other and hoard information instead of sharing information that can't be good Um, but it is totally healthy to have rivals internally we've all had the experience where someone on our team got promoted and we got angry Think about that for a, sec- for a second. We got angry at someone else's good fortune. Mm. What is that telling us about ourselves? Right? What is that person revealing in us? Mm. Um, so it's absolutely fine to have worthy rivals on our own team. We don't have to like them. We don't have to agree with them. But we have to admit that they do certain things better than us that make yeah. us insecure. And it helps us
0: work on ourselves. And it's inspiring, too, because happy is the heart that rejoices in the joy and success of other people. Of course. Right? And you can say, but it, but to actually come from that place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and it's it's a it's a nicer way to show up in the world, which is it's an attitude of self-improvement rather than an atti- attitude of trying to beat everybody who does what we do in a game that has no finish line, no standard metrics, and no standard time frames. Right. In other words, it's a fool's errand. Mm. Anybody can declare themselves number one if you pick the metrics, you know? Um, uh, the next one, the next practice is uh, a capacity for existential flexibility. This one's a doozy. Mm. I call it a capacity because there's some prerequisites. Um, uh, uh, the existential flexibility is the, is the ability to make a profound strategic shift in how you're approaching something in order to advance your just cause. So it's the willingness to walk away from significant investment because you find a better way to adjust to advance the just cause. This is not the daily flexibility we need to do work. This is not even which is which could be important. Which is definitely important. This is even bigger. Mm-hmm. This is and it's not it's not shiny object syndrome right. that so many entrepreneurs have. The you know the next flavor, the next flavor, the next shiny thing, which drives their people crazy. Infin, uh, existential flexibility is the kind of thing that most people will may never have to do in their lives, or at most do once, twice at the absolute most. It just it's really rare and it doesn't happen. Um, but the question is, do you have the capacity for it? And if you don't have to go through it, have you prepared your organization, your family, whoever, that they could go through it if they needed to? Have you been doing the hard work for them? And that hard work means establishing a just cause and building trusting teams. Mm. The just cause is necessary because if we're gonna make a profound strategic shift, everybody has to understand that why we're making it and that this is the right reason, even though it's gonna hurt. And the trusting teams are, because it's gonna hurt, and the short-term pain, we want everybody to hunker down and say, "This is going to suck," but it's the right. right thing to do. Versus abandon ship, or say you're crazy, or 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 sort of go into a cocoon.
0: So it's not necessarily easy, but this is something. Oh, it's not easy at all. What would be an example, uh, where of existential flexibility?
1: So the best example, my favorite example, it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a it's a known story. Uh, Steve Jobs and some of his senior executives mm-hmm. in 1979 uh, went to visit Xerox Park. Now, Apple has already had success from the Apple I and the Apple II. Apple's already a big company. Jobs is already a famous CEO. Um, And Jobs, remember, has a just cause. Uh, He and Steve Wozniak wanted to create a world in which individuals were empowered to stand up to to Big Brother. They imagined a world in which individuals could actually compete with a corporation thanks to the personal computer. This is why they were drawn to the personal computer. They saw it as an individual empowerment tool. But that was always their, their filter, individual empowerment and uh, Jobs goes with his senior executives to Xerox, and Xerox shows them something they invented called the graphic user interface. Now, previous to that, you to use a computer, you had to learn a com- complicated, complicated computer language, like DOS. This graphic user interface that Xerox invented allowed people to move a mouse, to move a cursor across a desktop, to click on icons and folders to work a computer. So Jobs sees this, recognizes the massive leap forward that this technology provides for individual empowerment. And he says to his executives, we have to invest in this graphic user interface thing. And one of the executives, the voice of reason, says, Steve, we can't. We can't simply walk away from what we've been doing. We've invested millions of dollars and countless man hours. If we simply change strategic direction, we're going to blow up our own company. To which Jobs actually said, better we should blow it up than someone else. Mm. That decision led to the Macintosh. A computer operating system so profound that the entire software of Windows is designed to act like a Macintosh. The reason we all have a computer on our desks, the reason uh, computers become a household appliance, the reason that individuals today can actually compete with corporations is because the, of the ubiquity of computers and the power that a computer gives us because of this graphic user interface. It was his willingness... To make this profound strategic shift at great uh, 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 difficulty to the company. Um, Not to mention walking away from money spent and hours invested. Because it was the better thing to do to advance his cause. To advance the cause that the whole company shared. Um, That's existential flexibility. flexibility.
0: Not easy. Mm. And number five, we're talking about courage.
1: Courage to lead. You know, everything we talk about, about embracing an infinite mindset is really difficult. I don't believe courage is is an internal fortitude. I actually believe courage is external. You know, the reason you have the courage to jump out of an airplane is not because of some internal guts. It's because of the parachute on your back. Like, the parachute on your back gave you the courage to jump, right? Um, A a world-famous trapeze artist would never try a brand new death-defying act for the first time without a net. It's the net that gave them the courage. uh, and so it's the same with the rest of us, which is, which is what gives us courage is the, is the people in our lives. It's our friends. It's our colleagues. You know, when, when, you doubt, when we doubt ourselves, when we're afraid, um, when we don't think we're strong enough, when we want to give up, when we do give up, it's a person in our lives who says, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I got your back. And they encourage. I believe in you. Yeah. And, and even if everything blows up, I'll still be here. That's what gives us courage. Courage is external. Courage comes from the relationships that we have. I know that I couldn't do most of what I do if it weren't for the amazing people who believe in me. Hmm. Uh, because I want to give up. I, also, I often want to give up. It's hard. Um, and I, I could tell you a story of, You know, uh, of that. I'm, I mean, I think uh, anybody who put themselves out there, everybody thinks everything goes perfectly. But what they're missing is that there's, there's people in our lives who love us and care about us desperately, which is why we have the strength to do what we do. But that's not unique to us. That's everybody. So it's essential that we take care of those around us. It's essential that we put ourselves out there and we are there for them um, because why would anyone be there for us if they didn't think that we would be there
0: for them? Hmm. So these are the five, five practices. Five practices. Let's review them really quick.
1: Advance a just cause. Build trusting teams. Uh, study your worthy rivals, maintain a capacity for existential flexibility, and have the courage
0: to lead. Amazing. Simon, where can people get your book? They can buy it wherever
1: they like to book to <laughs> buy books. You can steal it from your friend who may have already bought it. I mean, whatever, whatever
0: floats your boat. We're actually going to gift away a signed copy of The Infinite Game for, uh, for someone who's actually watching this. And to participate, I challenge you to take a screenshot of this video or of this podcast and tag Simon, tag myself, and share. Uh, I'm, I'm sure people have a story about these individual practices. So you you spark something, and so I would love for you to be able to share that story. And um, and we will I will repost some of my favorites as always, and then we will gift and send the signed copy of the Infinite Game uh, to uh, to one of our.